During Robert Brogdon's Olathe Buick GMC clearance event, save up to 20% on new models like the 2023 Buick Encore GX or GMC Sierra 1500. View their huge inventory at robertbrogdon.com and find your perfect match. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome in to Jayhawk Talk Radio, back on the radio waves for a third season. We are so excited to be back in the Sports Radio 810 studios again. I am Kevin Meckley. Joined with me, as always, is Andrew Payne. We got Kyle Collier behind the glass, who just gave me the biggest thumbs up I've ever seen. Stoked to be here. He's mashing on the buttons tonight. We are stoked to be here. This is exciting because, Andrew, there's a lot going on in KU Sports World right now, and we're going to talk about it for the next, I don't know, several months here on A10? Well, we're at least going to talk about it for the next two hours, Kevin. Let's do it. At least talk about it for the next two hours. You know, we are very excited to be here back on A10. Uh, it's cold outside. It's been miserable. It's been icy. If we didn't have Big 12 basketball, <laughs> if we didn't have the Jayhawks on the hardwood to look forward to, Kevin, I don't know how we would get through these couple months. That's very fair. That's a very fair point. So, yeah, we're going to be with you through the tournament, and we're going to be with you for two hours today. We got a big show. We have a big show today, Kevin. Let's go through a couple things. We're going to go, we're going to talk Cincinnati. Cincinnati, mm-hmm. big Monday. The first big Monday of the year. We got a big Monday date stolen from the NFL. That's right. For us college basketball fans, <laughs> the NFL is taking over our territory. Get out of here. The first big Monday. Go Chiefs. So, yes, there you go. Go Chiefs. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, you know whether the sky is falling for this team or we're going to cut down the nets. I mean, we're not sure. Somewhere in between. Kind of do a state of the program. We're going to talk about Johnny Furphy. Mm. You want to talk about Johnny Furphy? I can't wait to talk. Um, well, I want to talk about Johnny Furphy for two hours. We might. Scrap this plan uh, for you folks at home and just talk about Johnny Furphy. Just don't make me talk in an Australian accent. I, it always turns back to Italian somehow. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, you got to get better. I'm bad at Got to get better at that. We're going to talk about statistics. We're going to talk about lies, lies, and statistics. And uh, one of those is Ken Palm. Ken Palm is a fraud. Ken Palm, is it lies? <laughs> is Ken Palm lies? Ken Palm is a fraud. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, – it's, it's halfway through the season, Kevin – we're going to talk about midterms. We're talking mm. about taking taking stock, taking grades halfway through the season. We're going to talk about the next half of the season, what it's going to take for the Jayhawks to cut down the nets. We're going to do a little Big 12 whip around, and then we're going to talk about Hilton Coliseum. Mm. Talk about a big game this Saturday at Iowa State, Ames, Iowa. Big one coming up, Kevin. But Kevin, first, here on A10, let's talk about Cincinnati. We had a uh, We had a game last night. It was not the prettiest ball game. It was a tie game at half uh, for some of us on the first half <clears throat> line. A lot a of us A little disappointing were. with that. A lot that. of us were. Uh, but, you know, we come back, we, we have a decent second half, but there's a lot, I think, to take away from this game, Andrew. I don't know where you want to go with this other than I think you got to start with, with Johnny Furphy. Johnny Furphy, and, and we're going to have a whole segment dedicated to Johnny Furphy, so let's not step on our own toes. But let's go ahead and do it right now. Johnny Furphy was why we won why we won that basketball game. He's seven of eight from the field. He had twenty three points, leads all scorers. I mean seven of eight. When in a day when everybody was inefficient. You got a guy coming in seven of eight. Got gets you off to a 
hot start from three again, right? Just like he did the game before. Goes three for four from three. Andrew, he grabbed eleven rebounds. This is this was the Johnny Furphy game, and I have one question for you off the top, just before we get fully deep in the Cincinnati game. Is this going to be Johnny Furphy's best game as a Jayhawk this season? That's a great question. Seventeen and eleven, or what? What do you have? Twenty-three, 23, 23 and eleven. Twenty-three and eleven. Uh, Twenty-three and eleven. He had you know fifteen earlier in the game. I mean, he's he's been getting better and better. It's hard to beat twenty-three and eleven, <laughs> especially. When you're not the primary guy on the team, you're not the secondary guy on the team. You're not. Is this gonna? Many... Is he gonna play a better game? Are we gonna get a higher score? Let's just go with scoring. Is he gonna score more than twenty three points the rest of the season? Yes or no? I'm gonna go yes. I am too. I think we're just starting to see the scratch of the surface of Johnny Furphy. Uh, he's starting to figure out he's better than everybody else on the court. And you know what? We kind of need him. Absolutely, we need him. We kind of need him. It's there's a lot that this team uh, has to improve on. There's there's a hole to fill. And maybe that hole has been filled by Johnny, Johnny Furphy. Furphy. You know, if you know, we're going to get to this. But at the beginning of the season, the dude had shin splints. Yeah, and so was really limited in some of those early practices. And we know that Bill Self has those early practices and is, is very exacting, and it's kind of excruciating a little bit. But he gets those guys ready. I'm not sure Johnny was ready at the Johnny beginning of the ready. season. Johnny's ready now. We're going to get to more Johnny. we got a whole segment on Johnny. Like I said, I wanted to talk about Johnny for two hours. We're going to come back to Johnny, but let's talk a little bit about the rest of the squad, Andrew. We had, uh, let's see, let me count it, one, two points from our bench. Hold on, let's redo that math. Double check that. Is that um, a one and uh, two? It was two points. And they and happened at the very, very, very end of the game when yeah. Almarco Jackson hit the two free throws to, to really put it away. So effectively, completely outscored from the bench. And we had McCuller not play his best game. He was 5 of 17 from the field, which you remarked uh, felt a lot like a Jalen Wilson game. Yeah. <laughs> like a uh, lot. Like... Uh, that was a Jalen Wilson statistic if I've ever seen one. Uh, McCuller a little hobbled last night, uh, but you True. saw it there. He was obviously putting it all out on the court. He was doing what was asked of him and made some pretty crucial buckets yeah. down the stretch. No, he was fine. But 5 of 17, inefficient for him. Dewan Harris has five turnovers and just doesn't look good. Uh, three of ten from the field, missed a lot of bunnies, which has been happening kind of all season. I don't know about you, Andrew. I think you have to look at the Dewan Harris that we saw last night and over the last few games and compare it to the Dewan Harris we have seen over the course of his career. It's not gone better. It's gotten worse. I think you can look at the numbers show that. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe there's something else. Maybe it's just not gelling with the team, but he has not been quite himself that we've seen. I hope that he can figure out how to get back there because I think it is very vital for the uh, ceiling of this team for him to be the quarterback. Yeah, and it's hard for this team, it seems like, and not just considering DeJuan, but it seems to be hard for this team to put a complete game together. Yeah, I mean, it seems like you, you have a game uh, against Oklahoma where you turn the ball over two times. How how crazy is that statistic? It's, it's, you well, don't have that. Uh, and then you have games where you rebound well, and then you go up against Cincinnati, one of the better rebounding teams uh, in the country, uh, and, and get out-rebounded by 11. So when you're playing in the Big 12, there's going to be a bunch of different types of teams. Some teams like Cincinnati and theoretically West Virginia, who – don't take a lot of threes until they do. 
and make them in, in the case of uh, West Virginia. And then you go up against a team like Cincinnati, who they rebound, and there's teams that try to turn you over. So you're going to be facing different types of opponents every or twice a week, and you're going to have to prepare for that. And it's it's been difficult, I think, for this team to put together complete games. Maybe they rebound well, but they turn the ball over. Maybe they shoot well, or maybe they you know, play in the paint well, but they're not shooting threes well. It's, it's tough for that to all come together. But if that does all come together, the skill is there, the talent is there, this team could be pretty scary. But I think you're right. It probably starts with Dwan Harris. I don't know if I'm too concerned about the turnovers. I think he does lead the Big 12 in assist-to-turnover assist. turn, yep. assist ratio. But it's not necessarily what we thought we were going to be seeing at this point in the season. When we're promised a Hunter Dickinson, Dwan Harris combo, pick and roll, unstoppable, uh, him just finding guys, 10 assists a game, we're not quite getting that. And maybe that's too high of expectations. But if we're going to win, if we're going to cut down nets, the Jacks are going to cut down nets. That's got to change. Yeah. I, I will I will posit, Andrew, that we got lucky a little bit last night. Let me just share a couple numbers. You mentioned the rebounding number. We got out-rebounded by 11. They were 3 of 18 from three-point range. Wow. What is the what is the, the normal recipe for beating KU, especially in Allen Fieldhouse? Well, like we saw with West Virginia. Yeah, make a lot of threes. Right. And we got kind of bullied a little bit uh, by these guys. And it, th- I mean, thankfully, they didn't have much from the three-point line or it could have been a different story. And that's that's frustrating. It is a little bit uh, uh, representative of, of this little stretch we've been on, which just hasn't been great other, other than the Oklahoma State game. And I think uh, what we're going to do throughout the show is diagnose a little bit of that, give our – Oh boy, the sky is falling, and oh boy, it's all going to be fine. Side of this, we'll see that in the next segment. But what did you take anything away from this game, other than Johnny Furphy might be him? He's him. I think he's him. I mean, I don't take a whole lot away, other than the Big Twelve is a slog. Big Twelve's good. We've got you were in Morgantown, halfway across the country on Saturday. We got weather trying to get back into town to play. Uh, a, a tough team. I mean, a tough in terms of rebounding. Some team is going to beat you up. Team in Cincinnati. Bunch of dogs. You know, from Cincinnati. Uh, Forty-eight hours later, uh, not a ton of time to prepare. Not a ton of time to to game plan. Shouldn't have to make excuses for Jayhawks and outfield has. Don't make excuses for the Jayhawks. No, no. But it's, it, the Big Twelve is a slog. The Big so Twelve is a slog. You sort of saw uh, was Hunter Dickinson one hundred percent last night. I don't think so. Uh, was Kevin McCuller one hundred percent last night? I don't think so. You know who was 100%? Almost 100% is Johnny Furphy. Johnny Furphy. That's, you know, 7-8 from the field. I'm watching on our little screen here, Texas go into Norman and win by 15 against a good Oklahoma team, at least by the numbers, at least per Ken Palm, at least by the numbers, at least by the net. Oh, you supposed to be pretty good. Just got hammered by Texas at home. It just goes to show that... Anything can happen in the Big 12 this season. I think we're going to see the heart attack Hawks all season long. This is not going to be your normal KU team where you kind of march through, you win all your home games, you win about half of them on the road, and you march to to the Big 12 title. It's not going to go that way this season. I don't think it's going to go that way this season for anybody. I mean, did you see who's leading the Big 12 right now in the standings? Texas Tech and K-State. Texas Tech and K-State. Like, is Texas Tech and K-State going to be in the, at the top of the standings at the end of the season? No. No, they're not. 
But you know who is? A team with probably five or six losses, maybe more. I mean, it's, it, it is not. Is that out what you of think? The, you think it's going to say, you think a team with six losses could win this? Yes. Game? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, at, look at what we're seeing every night, every single night. Something crazy is happening in the Big 12. It is must watch basketball in the Big 12. Must watch basketball. Every single game is fun. And that's what's that's what's crazy about this year. And you know, I kind of dog on all the new schools a little bit, but Houston's legit. Cincinnati legit. BYU legit. And I don't even want to talk about Central Florida because I I my bit has been all season that they're not legit, and then we can't even beat them. So everybody's legit. So it's it it is gonna be uh it's gonna be must watch basketball. Anything can happen. We're just gonna beat all up on each other. It's gonna happen. You know, they did have the uh, Golden Globes. Last week, is that what it was? Sure. Emmys, Golden Gloves. I have no idea. Yeah, they, they, they went to the they went to Succession, Kevin. I don't uh-huh. know if you watched that show. Yeah, yeah. Went to the wrong, wrong show. The Big Twelve is the best. Oh, show I see where you're going. Yeah, okay, there's the end. The yeah. Big Twelve is the best show on television. It is. It is. It is. Short of, short of the NFL product, I think uh, any other college basketball program or any any other college basketball league, not even close. Not even close. All right, Kevin, we're gonna uh, go to break, but when we come back. We're going to hash it out here. We're going to you know, predict the rest of the season. Is the sky falling or are the Hawks cutting down the nets? That's right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And to Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Andrew, I think we've been talking about this a little bit. Let's just do this thing. Let's give the case. I want you to give the case. And I'll jump in a little bit too here. Of why the sky is absolutely falling on this KU basketball program this year. And then, I think we're going to hit a timer. We're gonna, let's do a three-minute timer. We'll have Kyle hit a timer. Not yet, Kyle. I'll tell you when. Ty- Kyle's going to hit a timer. We're going to allow ourselves three minutes to vent about mm-hmm. how the sky is absolutely falling. So we're just going to get it out of our system. Get it all out. And then we're going to spend another period of time saying why the Jayhawks are absolutely cutting down the nets. Okay. Like, going to win the whole thing. All right. Uh, this is good therapy. It's therapy. It's good for everybody. You can do it at home. You know, t- set yourself a timer. We'll do it together. Okay. All right. So, Kyle, can you hit us with a timer? And no matter what's going on, Kyle, I want you to hit a buzzer right in the middle of a sentence. Just hit us with it. All right. You got it. Let's go. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Okay, Kevin. Tell this me. team is not very versatile. When they have three people who can score. Only three people who can score. Usually, if you're going to win a title, you've got this guy who can do that, this guy who can dunk, this guy who can shoot three-pointers. We really have three ways to get you. It's Kevin McCuller kind of just throwing the, the ball around <laughs> the basket. The we have Hunter does. who can score with his left shoulder really well. And then you've got uh, a KJ who can just dunk. That's all. That's the only That's way it. we know how to score. That's it. Yeah, I, I'll say this, Andrew. We can't shoot. Who's going to make a three? We can't space. There's no spacing at all. Uh, we can't drive. Who's gonna go get you a bucket at the end of the game? Who's gonna drive off the dribble and get you a bucket? Tyshawn Taylor's. Tyshawn is not walking through that door. (laughs) He is not walking through that door. You can't. They can't do any of it. And Andrew, to your point, we had two. Count them. Two bench points last last night. Two. Two bench points. How are you gonna win games with two bench points? And you're out reading by out reading. Who's gonna rebound the? We got a seven foot two guy in the middle. We got an energizer bunny, and we got a six nine wing, and nobody can get a rebound. Man, they look tired. Hunter looks Are we tired sleepy? out there. Oh, little sleep. Oh, definitely sleepy. Kevin may have been banged up a little bit, but everybody else looked a little sleepy last yeah. night. All right. Uh, other than Furphy, nobody on the boards. How, where is Where is Dwan Harris? He won a national championship. I have not seen 
Dewan Harris National Championship, Dewan, since then, since this season at all. Tell me. He's not there. He's not there. Where is he? I don't see him. What is, is Kevin McCuller, are we going to put everything behind Kevin McCuller? Is that is that our answer? We need Kevin McCuller to be what he's been, which is wildly efficient, which his entire career he hasn't been able to do. Is this is, is the is the sky falling? We're rolling the dice here. Are we rolling the is dice? It's going to come up snake eyes. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> I don't, snake yeah. eyes good or bad? I don't know. It's bad. In this case, it would be this bad. case would be bad. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me let me just do one more thing for you. Is Parker Brown going to save the season? PB? Is Parker Are you talking Brown? about PB? Is Parker Brown going to do anything? We got nobody coming. No one is coming to save the season. There's no one coming to save the season. No. There's no. There's, there's there's only nine guys who play on this team. And I mean, do they actually like, play? I think Jamari McDowell will be a good player, but in an ideal world, this guy would not sniff the floor. He gets onto the court and everyone's like, who's that guy again? Yeah. Like, that's what happens when he gets on the court. He's Bill Self's... If he's in the game, then he's mad. Something has he's gone he's wrong. Mad about something. something has happened. There's, there's a your, problem. There's your barometer. Like, oh, <laughs> oh no. And here's the other thing, Bill Self. I, I'll say it out loud. It, when he's sleepy on the sideline, he's not attacking like he was before. You know, mm-hmm. and it's good for his health. I, 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 very important. I don't want Bill Self to go too crazy. But maybe he's not. Maybe he doesn't know how to be the docile Bill Self. Mm. Is that is, does the team not respond? Is he not fired up? I don't know. I'm oh, just asking we questions get fired here. Up. I'm we just asking get fired questions. Up. There's a lot that has to happen with this team, Kevin. Uh, All right. Okay. That was it. That was three minutes of right, I feel, venting. I how does feel, it feel? How do you feel? Did it feel forced? Or did it feel real? I think that's a real question. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, that's right. A little bit of both. All right. Uh, yeah, but it's maybe that's it's good to just get it out because we, we don't have out. to do we don't have to say those things anymore. Okay. Like, did we believe him? Some of it. Some of it. Some of it. There, may, there may be <laughs> some truth. Little, there may be some kernels truth. of truth. Kernels. There's always, but that doesn't mean that it's my truth, Kevin, <laughs> or, okay. or, or or the truth. Because, Alternative facts. Well, yeah, those, these are these are how <laughs> I interpret this situation, Kevin. But like this this team is 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 still a, a good team. Okay, potentially well, a so great team. How do we cut? What is going to happen? Let's now predict the season in the most positive light that we possibly can. And I wouldn't necessarily say positive light, but I, I will say this: is that you've got four dudes on this team who are national championship caliber players. If you just have one more, you don't need to play a ton of guys in the tournament. You, Correct. You, you, you have 20-minute halftimes. You have an extra minute at timeouts. You have games spaced a little bit easier. Last a little, I checked, a little you can better. only play five guys. And so, and if Johnny Furphy... What if Johnny Furphy... So, what the, if Johnny the one Furphy? thing that I didn't agree with you on, that there wasn't a kernel of truth on our... Or, or catharsis. I know where you're going. With this. Is that you said? No one's coming to save us. No one's coming to save us. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, maybe there is someone coming Except, to save us. Except I think Superman's here. Okay. Like you always say, uh, Superman's not coming to save us. I think Superman with the cape. Uh, he just it's landed. Johnny Furby. It's not truth, justice in the American way. It's truth, justice in the truth, justice in the, the Australian, Australian way. way. It's Johnny Furphy. Johnny, we've been looking for someone to fill that five spot or that fifth spot with these core four guys. We thought it was going to be arterial. That that didn't work. Didn't out. work out for didn't, reasons. That didn't work out. In, yeah. Uh, and then going in, so going into the season, we were thinking, all right, we know our four guys. Who's going to be the fifth, be fifth one? Yep. And that's the conversation. Bill Self talks about this. Everybody talks about it. somebody's got to step up. 
El Marco start of the season. We thought potentially there was going to be a Nick Timberlake El Marco competition. Then we'll see what happens with with uh, Johnny Furphy. I will tell tell you this: I am no longer an insider. I don't have a lot of inside, you know, sources and things like that. I'm not trying to these days, but I have <laughs> this a couple. Used to be, I have a couple. Okay, and both of them said that they loved loved Johnny Furphy when he came in. That they were like singing the praises of him beyond anything they'd heard in a long time. That the that the, the coaching staff immediately said this guy's a pro. And no one was recruiting him. Like he was he's just, you know, he, he kind of came on fast. And that was a thing that we I heard all off season, as soon as he came, obviously since since he committed, that they adored that guy. And then I heard about the shin splints. And he just got off to a slow start. It is possible, Andrew, he's our best pro. It might be possible he's our best player prospect. Not yet. He's not better than Hunter. He's not better than Kevin McCuller. But he could be really good. Now, we're going to talk about Johnny Smore, but I want to get to one other thing. What if I told you, Andrew, that we had an All-American center, first or second team, an All-American wing, first, second, third team, a national championship caliber point guard, a Energizer bunny, and... Can that, uh, can that person dunk? And he can dunk better than anyone on the on the entire court, and a savior from Australia. <laughs> if I said all five of those things, does that sound like a national championship caliber team to you? Yes, it does. It does. We have all the freaking pieces, not to mention the best coach in the game. So tell me, Andrew, why this is not a team that should be cutting down the nets? I can't tell you. You that. can't do it. I can't tell you that. Neither can anybody else. It's there. The pieces are there. The pieces are there. They've got to go through. The Big 12 fire. They've got to go through the trials. They've got to go on the road and face these 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 teams that have all these different ways to beat you and try to adjust. And you know what? We're not going to win out. We're, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, we've got uh, – we go to Ames, Iowa, you know, this Saturday. It's going to be tough. tough. Game. It's going to be one of the tougher games we'll play. We play, play Houston at home and, and the, the Saturday after that. Tough game. Uh those are incredibly hard games. These are games that no one else really in college basketball has to play. The Big 12 is, is so unique in that. And we wanted this conference to be this way. We've added these other teams. Next year it'll be even weirder with Arizona. It will be weirder. It'll be even weirder with Arizona. But here we are this this year, 14 teams battling it out. Everybody seems to be sort of existing on the same plane. Usually you've got your bottom tiers and your middle tiers. I'm not sure what those tiers are yet. Uh, it's it's tough to tell. We're, and we're a third of the way through the season, Kevin. We're a third of the way uh, through this Big 12 season, so it's, it's tough to tell. But if, if you were to design a national championship caliber team for to play this season for the Jayhawks, it would look very similar to what we're looking at, other than you probably would build in a better bench. A little better bench would be nice. Just a little, little better bench. You know, it'd be nice to have a you know like an Ernest Uday coming off the bench. Oh man, it'd be nice to have a couple players that were potentially transferred out that could have been fun. Could have got a couple of the guys in the portal that were interesting. But you know what, Andrew? They still have all those pieces that we talked about before. They have a core, solid starting five that I would put up against anyone in any on any team in college basketball. We're ranked 19th in Ken Palm, Kevin. Would you put... Oh, Ken Palm's a fraud. <laughs> would you Ken put... Ken Palm's a fraud. I'm not... Uh, this team against any of those I would higher any 18 of teams? Any of them I would. That's you exactly know, what I'd do. I would, too. I would, too. This team's not blowing teams out, but that doesn't mean it's not going to cut down the nets. 
uh, come April. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting January, an interesting February. And then when March comes, all bets are off. What if Nick Timberlake is the savior, actually? Well, hey. <laughs> what if what if Nick Timberlake was the guy all along? And we've all just been talking about Johnny Furby. What happened? What happens if Nick Timberlake's the guy? I'm joking. I'm joking. He had a, he had a good. He, he's been all right. He did no. not have a good game against Cincinnati. He's not been. But dead. if he can be consistent, and 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 you know maybe he's what not. he needs is for his role to just be limited. You don't have to come in and try to compete for that fifth spot, but you come in and play your 15 to 20 minutes a game, or maybe even less, oh, less and just that. do. The few things that you need to do, you need to one for two for three. <laughs> that's it. That's maybe that's it. It. maybe that's it. And then if you can get a, a, a breakaway dunk every once a in a while dunk. and get on Sports Center, then 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 all, that's all, all we need from you. That's all we need. That's all we need. I don't know. I, so where, where do you fall? Are, are you falling on? We're definitely cutting down the nets. Are you falling in the sky? Are you going to force camp? me to pick one of those? No, just like what, where are you on the continuum? I I still come back to. As as we've now vented both sides, I still come back to the fact that we have a Hall of Fame coach, two All Americans somewhere in the All American conversation, and the pieces around them to be good enough. We need to somehow figure out a way to rebound the ball a little better, get cut down the turnovers just a little bit, and make a few more threes. Space space and allow Hunter to get more good looks. All of those things happen. This the sky's limit for this team. I think so too. I'm there. Okay. Hey, so let's keep talking about this team. Okay. All right, Kevin. After the break, we've 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 hinted at this a little bit. We're going to talk just about Johnny Furphy. That's we, it. We don't know a ton about Johnny Furphy, so we're going to get really uh, deep into that, uh, and that'll be right after the break here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Yes. Got some Australian music. What's this song called? Uh, Land Down let, Under? Yeah. Let this play for a minute. Oh, this, this song's a banger. It, this is the only Australian song we can come up it's with. It's the only song we can come up with. And why are we why are we playing Australian music or a song about Australia? I'm not even sure if it's Australian music. It's because it's time to talk about our one true love, Johnny Furphy. You know, we should become like big Australian heads. Like, okay. like really into Australian culture. Yeah, the only thing I know about Australian culture is stuff I've seen at Crocodile Dundee, uh, Bluey, and uh, yeah. Outback Steakhouse. That's all I got. We had a Foster's? Uh, a Foster's, Australian for beer. And, 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 and Johnny Furphy. not even made in Australia. <laughs> and then so, Johnny Furphy. Allegedly. So here's the thing that I, I, I wanted to throw out there. Uh, maybe, maybe let's talk about, first of all, how he's the savior of the, of the program. And then I want to get into a little bit more of the bio of Johnny Furphy, because I don't think a lot of people know much about him. I I would posit that anyone listening to this right now can't name three fun facts about Johnny Furphy, or any facts, or anything at all, other than he's a savior of the 23-24 college basketball program at the University right. of Kansas. He can hide a lot. He can hide behind the being Australian thing. Yeah, like because that's like a big thing. You can just say like, "Oh, I'm from Australia." Yeah, and his little accent. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. But there's there's more to it than that. We want to want to get deeper. We want to go deeper, deeper into this. So we have uh, Johnny Furphy. We're going to call this segment "Welcome to Furf." Mm. Welcome to Furf. Welcome to Furf. Welcome to Furf. All right. So this is coming off a game last night against Cincinnati. He had 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 36 minutes. 
Since becoming a starter three games ago, it's against Oklahoma State, he's uh, averaged 17 points, 8 rebounds in 33 minutes. That's that's if, pretty good. If that is the average in a Big 12 season, that's first-team Big 12 numbers. Yeah. Like, what if he's the guy? Like, what if he is the savior? If, if I were to tell you, okay, Kevin, we need a fifth starter, and I got this guy for you, <laughs> okay? You need somebody at the two spot? Well, he's six nine. Okay, uh, he can rebound if he wants to. Okay, if he works at it. Oh, and what's your one thing that you need? I need a three point three point shooting. Uh-huh. This is your guy. Okay. What if I told you I had this guy and he could join your team right now? This that would be what you want. Is that something you might be interested? Is that be something you might be interested? In? <laughs> yes. Oh, and he also happens to be from Australia. Oh, see now you have and more no content. No one knows about him. Now you got content. Then I'm definitely in. So I think he is custom built. For the needs of this team. And I think Bill Self did finally realize that when he inserted him into the lineup, into the starting lineup uh, against Oklahoma State, and really took off from there. It's got some defensive work to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, a missed box out on a free throw wasn't great. I did uh, notice he got a little better at the second game. He did. He can learn. <laughs> kind of like Joel Embiid. Like, he, he made a mistake one time, uh-huh. and then he didn't make that mistake again. You sort of saw that. Yeah. So I, I was thinking back, you know, usually with these Bill Self teams, you have the starting lineup, and there may be some shuffling here and there, but it's usually pretty set the whole season. He, he's got a pretty good idea of what he wants and, and and what the team needs are and and it starts pretty early and you know what the what the starting lineup's going to be and we've right. seen that for the past several years but there have been occasions when there have been significant changes into January uh, where someone takes the mantle of uh, in the starting lineup and and I wanted to just see like who who does this does this rise remind you of and I have a couple players I want to throw out to okay. You. Number one is Ochai. Yeah, no that 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 feels like the most like uh, I, I remember we had we've had a podcast for eleven years, twelve years, thirteen years, thirteen Kevin. years now. I remember the moment when we had a bit about Ochai being the next Michael Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> and that he was gonna be he, again shed the red shirt. He was coming in. He was kind of unheralded. You know, not the not the highest recruited guy, but. Kind of looked the part, kind of felt the part, and then he was bonkers out of the gate. Remember? Immediately. He was great. He averaged like 16 points for like the first five, six games, and then he kind of fell off a little bit, but he was still really good uh, right out of the gate. And we, we just thought he was going to be Michael Jordan. Like he, It was a bit, but then he kind of turned into it. Isn't that crazy to think about a little bit that Ochai now, you know, doing pretty well for the Jazz, second year in the NBA. He started his career as a red shirt because they didn't think he was quite good enough crazy. yeah and then he started off just gangbusters it's crazy to think about that sometimes you just don't you got to give a guy an opportunity uh and and so maybe that's a close comparison another one i came up with is, is mario chalmers mm. mario came in uh and that was bill self had this reputation he didn't start a lot of freshmen right uh, that's obviously changed a little bit but uh so jeff hawkins started a point guard uh for that jayhawk team uh that 2005 2006 season uh and in january Mario took over that job and, and really took off from there and ended up Big 12 Tournament champion uh, at the end of that season. So maybe maybe similar comparison there. Sure. And then the other one, which I don't think is fair, is Joel Embiid. 
he's too good uh, of an example for it, for it to really count. But he did come in later on. Uh, yeah. I think Tarek Black started, you know, transferred from Memphis. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, a, a long tenured guy, experienced. He knew how to get things done in November and December. And then January came, and it was Embiid's turn. It was Embiid's turn. He was yeah. way too good. Yeah, it was super good. So at this point, I think all these things are are playing out. What's similar is that eventually guys just prove they're way too good to be sitting on the bench, way too good to have a red shirt, and Johnny Furphy is way too good. Way too good. Way too good. He, he's way too good to be playing 17 minutes a game. He needs to be playing 35 minutes a game. You tasked me, Andrew, with trying to – Give the, the listeners at home a little more information about Johnny Furphy because people don't know him, right? People don't know a lot about him. So what I did, you know, Andrew, I did what everybody does in this day and age. You scoured the internet, looked down the rabbit holes. And let me tell you, uh, I don't know if there's a different internet in Australia or <laughs> if there's like a, some regulations on some or other. I can't find much on this guy. And I actually starting to ask myself a little bit, you know, are we getting little catfish vibes uh, on this Johnny Furphy guy? Are we, are we, are we in catfish vibes? We, we, well, I mean, at least like, we've seen him in person. I think so. I think that's right. You know, I might, hey, your eyes can fool you these days in the year of our Lord 2024. <laughs> All right, here's what it says. It says on KU Athletics, this is what it says. A small forward who joined the team in August 2023, red flag all the way, by the way, uh, joined in August 23. It's a little late in the cycle. Mm-hmm. Okay, red flag there. Comes to Kansas from Melbourne, Australia, allegedly. Known for, quote, his length, athleticism, and ability to knock down threes. He's also been described as a player that attacks the basket and finishes above the rim. Andrew, that terminology right there sounds straight out of chat GPT. I mean, it is the most generic college basketball like <laughs> like bio ever. Ever. So I did a little more digging and I went to chat GPT, which is what, again, what you do in the year of our Lord 2024. And I just said, who is Johnny Furphy? Guess what chat GPT said? Probably had nothing. As of my last knowledge update, I don't have specific information about an individual named Johnny Furphy. You know why? I'll, I'll tell you why. I don't want to know why. I want to keep going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> the, the, the data for Chad GPT isn't updated for its. It goes only. Okay, so he yeah. existed before January 2022. I know this this, this but point he in wasn't time statistic. Superman yet. I, so is that it? Like he just did, hadn't arrived on Earth yet? Is that correct? Like, okay, got correct. it. Correct. So he exists. He just was an alien. Correct. Okay. Uh, listen, Melbourne is kind of alien foreign to me. I, I could I could buy into this narrative. Uh, no one knows anything about Johnny Furphy. We look to his Instagram feed. He's got four pictures. One of them is him on a place called Kangaroo Island, which also <laughs> sounds as fake as you could possibly. All right, get. So, all right, I need to create a fake account, and I need to. Oh, what, what do people do on Instagram? Uh, they go on vacation. Uh, uh where, where, where uh, should I go on vacation? Go? Uh, uh, Kangaroo, Kangaroo Island. Island. Yeah, like that's where we should go. That's exactly right. Yeah. I am struggling a little bit. Now, allegedly, again, he's got parents who came to the games, the they're, last two games. Now, here's, here's my other time. take. Either those are real parents or actors. Either way, I don't care. I just want them to come to every game. Because Johnny Furphy is apparently Michael Jordan when Dick Furphy and Liza Alpers are in the stands. Again, not sure if they're real. Don't care. I want those people in the stands every game. They need to stay here and not go back to Melbourne or the moon or wherever they're from. This is too important for them to, they, they did leave. They are, they are back in Australia now or or they're probably still on a plane because it takes forever. Yeah. 
Uh, but we need those people. We need back. them back. Who, act, paid actors or not? I don't care who they are. <laughs> I don't care. Who they they, are. they need to come back. But no. But seriously, it was it was nice to have them in the stands last it's night. That was that was, that was and to see him play uh, uh, a game like that in ter- for mm-hmm. your parents their first time seeing you uh, in a Jayhawk uniform. But yeah, let's let's get him a job here. Have him go work at Jefferson's. Have <laughs> you know? Well, we at least need you through April, family. Oh, man. I did see he now has NBA draft uh, bios, That's- which are a little bit better. But I will say it's only, again, showing flashes of what could be in the future. Here is what we know, right? That kind of thing. Well, Kevin, look at this team and look at this roster. There's a lot of great, great college players but Dwan Harris is not going to be a lengthy pro player at least at this the highest level Hunter I think has an opportunity I, I think he's as a good shooter he can shoot, he's man. got uh, some potential to play at the next level Kevin McCuller is getting some some buzz yeah. he's, he's getting some potential lottery buzz first round for sure uh, but but saying having said all of that is Johnny Furphy the best pro prospect on this team Yes. I think so, too. Yes. I think so, yes. I say yes. He's tall. He can shoot. He's, he's he... a monstar. <laughs> <laughs> that helps. You know, I've always wanted a monstar on the team, like someone who came down from a different planet who's yeah. just like, uh, you know, cr- crushing it in the middle of the season. Uh, Johnny Furphy, the monster. Who did, whose powers did he steal? That's what I want to know. Or, or this is a this is a, uh, a reference from uh, a very classic movie that... I th- what, who's whose powers are these? Larry, Larry Bird. Larry Bird powers. I like that. Maybe I like that. Because he's he's he shoot he threes, but he's also tough. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. He, right. He's shoot threes and also tough. That's all, all right. I got. Okay. Who, who do you have? No, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm just curious. This is my question for you. Because he's not just a three point shooter. He's, he's got some muscle. I mean, he's 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 got to get bigger. He's, he's got to play. He's got to get bigger. Got to be a little better on defense. Yes. Those are two things. But he's quick. He's tall. Can't 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 too tight. Before we get out of here and go to break, is there? Any worry for you, any inkling, back of the head, he's a one and done? No, I don't think so. He would have to go on such a tear that, uh, now, like- could he be, like, let's say he kind of keeps this up and he finishes the Big 12, uh, or finishes the year averaging 15 points, he will be on draft boards, like, no doubt. Will he stay or go? I think he comes back. That's just my, my current read. And why? Because I think Dick Furphy and Liza, whatever her name, uh, would want him to come back for one more year. That's my read. Any shot at the Australian Olympic team? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, good good team, by the way. Good roster. You're pretty, really good team. Uh, fun fact, Australia has produced the third most NBA players. Oh. I think that's right. Who's second? Canada. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, uh, we're going to get out of here and take a little bit of a break. But next, after the break, this is important. We're going to talk to you about why math is bad, <laughs> its stats are wrong, and why Ken Palm is a fraud. And that's right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Harris splits two defenders, kicks back, Murphy to beat the buzzer. Listen to that. Brian Haney on the call. The Johnny Furphy buzzer beater. The crowd roars. 
It's fun talking Johnny Furphy. Welcome to Furf. Welcome to Furf. Uh, Andrew, look, we've been starting to get to the point of the season where you start looking at quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four wins. Does this mean anything to you? This is a fairly new phenomenon. I know it's been around for a few years now, but the idea of the selection committee looking at and using statistical analysis, the net, some new newfangled data to show how you should rank teams. Yeah, to be a college basketball fan these days, you got to have at least a intermediate to almost graduate level understanding of some of these statistics. We used to have this simple metric of RPI. Oh, yeah, RPI. Way outdated, uh, but it was easy to understand. We were always versed. We it was great. great. <laughs> That's right. It was great. And then uh, Ken Palm came around, and then I, you know, I think that you know, there's people who do their... There's Torvik. Good, good, there's good, a, good, well, good people yeah. out there who are doing their daily devotionals, and I think hmm. if you're a college basketball fan, your daily devotional is checking Ken Palm in the morning. Did my team move? Who moved up? Who moved down? And, and I, I'm certainly uh, probably uh, guilty of that to a to a extent I don't sure. want to talk about. And so we've kind of learned to talk this language of Ken Palm and Torvik and adjusted rating and uh, you know all of these different metrics and, and seeing how our teams fit. And usually the Jayhawks play a specific way or have the the roster where. They can kind of goose the numbers, and they're going to be high whether they deserve it or not. But not this year. Um, no, not this year. We're, we've we're, got we're goosing the numbers on the opposite, the opposite way. way. That's correct. Uh, Andrew, last I checked, we were 18th in Ken Palm? I think we're 19th in Ken Palm. You better refresh. Oh, did we just change? <laughs> these are These are live numbers, folks. We are 18th, you're right. We're 18th Some, something, in Kinbaum. Something happened. Okay, we're 18th in Kinbaum. And let me just talk to you about a few of the teams above Kansas in the in, in, in Kinbaum. This is not the net. This is not the AP. It's not the coaches poll. This is Kinbaum. We are 18th. Above us is a team called Michigan State. Mm, I've heard of them. Michigan State has seven losses, Andrew. Seven. Can you tell me the teams that they lost to? No, I can't. But I am going to get there include, Does one of them include James Madison? It does include James Madison. Were they at home for that game? They were at home for that game. They lost by three points. Uh, Andrew, let me tell you about quad one and quad two. Do you remember how the quads work? Yes. Okay. I don't remember exactly the the, metric, the breakdown. It's like top 70 away and top 30 home right. or something like that. Right. Uh, but the key is quad one is the good teams. Quad two is the bet, you know, good, a little less than good. Quad three is pretty bad, and quad four is terrible. You have to win quad one and quad two games to have a chance to have a good seed in in the tournament. Correct? Is that all fair? That's well, let me tell accurate. you. Let me tell you. Uh, Michigan State is two and five in quad one. Two and five, Andrew. They they are two and five with five losses in quad one. The only wins they have are Baylor in a neutral, which is a good win, fairly good win, and Indiana State. Those are the two teams that Michigan State has, and they are ranked ahead of the University of Kansas and Ken Palm. Tell me how this is possible. I don't know. Ken Palm's a fraud. He, he must have lost his fastball. I think so, that's right. Is that, can, 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 a, can math lose its fastball? Yes. Can, can math you know, deteriorate you know over time to you, not produce good results? You know why? Yes, it can. Like, 
think about data models. And, I, uh, and I'm, a, I'm an expert in data models, as you know. I, I know that. <laughs> you know this about me. But I know this. Data models, you've got to adjust them. You can't get static. You can't get flat-footed. The, the, the game changes. And you can't tell me that wins and losses don't matter. I don't care what your model says. Bill Self counts for more. And if you haven't accounted for Bill Self and Allen Fieldhouse in close games, then your model sucks. Your model sucks. Right? That's all I'm saying. Bill Self and close games and Allen Fieldhouse. If you don't account for that, your model sucks. Well, and I think that if I've, I've always had this theory that it's a fraud. whatever predictive metric you have coming down to the last four minutes of a basketball game matters. Bill Self's going to outperform that. Yes. Based on preparation of his team, based on the skill of the players, and based on just how the, the everyone's ready and how the, it's almost like a mood, uh, a calmness about the team that's ready to play those last four minutes, whereas other teams aren't ready to play those last four minutes. And it's that's not going to be captured in any number. That's not going to be captured in a season-long predictive metric about, okay, well, it's predicted that they're going to score X percent of time on this next possession. That's a little different in crunch time. So basically what I'm telling you, Kevin, is I think I'm an eye test guy now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Full-on clutch gene guy. Full-on clutch gene <laughs> eye test. Let's let, scrap the numbers. Let the, let the scrap, game speak for themselves. Scla- scrap the metrics. You know, there's, <laughs> there's only one number that matters, and that's wins. So, Andrew, let me give you another team. You, you've got Ken Palm pulled up right now, right? Yes, I do. Where does Alabama on Ken Palm? They are number eight. Eighth in Ken Palm. And what are we again? Eight, we're 10 we're, spots we're behind 18. Alabama? Let me tell you what what Alabama's quad one record is. Are you ready again? Two and five. Just like those Michigan State frauds. Two and five, Andrew. Again, one of those wins is against Indiana State. <laughs> Indiana State. Two and five. I don't you know what the other win was, by the way? Mississippi State. Mississippi State and Indiana State are the best two wins that Alabama has. Mississippi State and Indiana State, yet they are 10 spots ahead of us in Ken Palm. They have five losses, six if you if you count quad two. How is it possible, Kenneth Pomeroy, Kenneth Pomeroy, that Alabama is 10 spots higher in that metric? I think I know. I know too, but I'm like, now let's talk about it. Let's talk about why. I think these numbers benefit teams that blow teams out Correct. and run up the score. Correct. And we don't do that. We don't. That team, this team is not built for that. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, we've got four or five guys. Let's say five guys. We've got a core five now. Iron five. <laughs> is that what they call it? Iron five, right? That's the North Carolina thing. Uh, and so we don't do that. But we do win basketball games. We do find a way to win. And Except so, against West Virginia and UCF. against UCF. Those are two tough those ones in the Kid Palm era. But we were low even before we lost to those teams. And those teams didn't Truth. necessarily set us back all that much. It's not blowing out teams. It's not running up the score. Uh, it's not like you get bonus credit for beating UConn if you're expected to beat UConn. It's not like you, you should. Bo- you, uh, right. Uh, but, but at the end of the season, they'll take you know these these things all together. You no longer are a math problem. You are a body of work. Body of work. And they are putting together a pretty good body of work. Alabama, <clears throat> to your point, has wins of 
50 points, 48 points, 40 points, 36 points, and just keep going. Like, they've had a bunch of these just absolute blowouts. They crushed South Carolina, who tonight crushed Kentucky. So, like, yeah, that is that is uh, that is the problem. We have not exactly figured out a way to blow out teams. And, so, by the way, we're not going <laughs> to. Well, gonna. that was what I was going to say, is if we got a couple of ways to take this. One, we either got to start blowing teams out, or two, we got to go full eye test. <laughs> just full on eye <laughs> just test. Just throw out the math. Like, just, we don't look at numbers anymore. Who needs numbers? Tell me how many W's you have and how many L's you have. And if you'd like to know before we get out of here, Andrew, what KU's quad one you want to know what that is? Let me just Google that. Quad one wins for Kansas. Remember how all those other teams were two and five? Guess what KU is? I don't know. Four and two. Okay. Seven and two if you count quad one and quad two. One of the best bodies of work so far in college basketball. When you when you look at, again, the W column, seven and two. That quad is, one and two. That is my favorite statistic. Me too. Is wins. My absolute favorite. Love wins. I love cutting down nets too. And you know what it takes to get there? It doesn't take Ken Pomeroy numbers. He's a fraud. <laughs> Just takes the W's. He's All a right. Fraud. That's our first hour. First hour in the books, Kevin. It? Here on uh, Sports Radio 810 WHB. We've got another hour coming your way. We're going to talk about some midterms. We're going to talk about some grades. We're going to talk about Iowa State. We're going to talk about a little Big 12 whip around. Lots to come here on Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB. <laughs> Welcome back in to Jayhawk Talk Radio. Got a little Alice Cooper. A little school's out for the summer. All the kids know Alice Cooper, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the kids in the streets. <laughs> oh, man. That's a banger. Listen, we're, we're, we're playing school's out for the summer because it is about midterm season for this 23-24 season. we got 19 games in the book. Assuming we get to about 38 games, which wouldn't be a bad season. 40. Forty be even better. Uh, we're about halfway, and so it's time, Andrew, to give some grades. I think we got a big enough sample size to grade certain aspects of this team. And I'm going to start it off here. I want you to give me your grade for the following, and we're going to go back and forth. I want to see, you know, and, and you play this game at home. You let us know what your grades are. Yeah, so that's like a mid semester evaluation. Sure. Should we change our major? <laughs> exactly. Should we change our shooting guard? <laughs> we did that. <laughs> it's like a parent-teacher conference, except it's a you know a, a, a fan. Yeah, uh, we're having a conversation with Bill Self here. Okay, got it. <laughs> like, he listens to all the shows. Cindy's coming over here. We're, we're sure. having a conversation with Cindy at parent-teacher conferences. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, so let's do some grades. Let's let's do some overall evaluation. You know, can we? You know, based on expectation. Yeah, sure. I think expectation is the key. Ceiling, yeah, or just you know, a general overall. Qualified is this, is this working out? Yeah, let's. I'll start it off. Okay. Uh, I think the the fun one to start is Kevin McCuller. The expectations coming in, uh, came back from the the, uh, the draft process. Give me your grade on Kevin McCuller thus far. I'm going to give Kevin McCuller an A. Yeah, and I'll and not quite an A plus. But but pretty close to an A plus. He's still he's still going to get that four But and, and this is why I say that. Yeah, go ahead. Is that we've had two previous seasons of Ochai Abaji 
and Jalen Wilson coming back and improving so dramatically that it's this this wonder, this how is that even possible? This is incredible that he came back and is able to do this, to take the reins of this great team, and now he is the unquestioned leader. We've been through this twice, and it is very difficult for anyone to imagine that it would happen three times for us when it rarely happens for any other team in the 360 teams in Division One basketball. But we're getting it three times in a row. So maybe it's this Kevin McCuller is not getting the credit he deserves because the outstanding feat that he is accomplishing is feeling a little old hat. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we do this every year. It's hard. Very hard. This is an incredible thing that he is doing, uh, almost averaging 20 points a game, putting himself on pace for winning some kind of All-American award. The, and it's and I think it's different a little bit with the previous two, if we're going to compare it to Ochai. I think he's been better than both of them. To, and I agree. Because he does way more. Yeah. He does... What was Kevin McCullough's calling card really until this year? Defense. Defense. And he's still doing that. He's still bringing the ball up the floor sometimes. He's a, a good chunk of the time. He's the point guard on the team. He's the Varnon leader of this team. Kevin McCuller, he gets an A from me, and I think that that is something we shouldn't lose sight of. There's so many other bells and whistles, so many other distractions from the fact that Kevin McCuller is is accomplishing something that's rarely accomplished, and it's special that it's happening this year for this team. You're wrong about an A. It's an A+. Plus. Okay. It's an A+. Plus. The guy's averaging 20.8 points, double what he came back from. He's never averaged more than 10 his entire career. He's averaging 20, 49% from the field, 41% from three. Wow. Shocking. Shocking. I mean, from where we expected him, what he's been, Andrew, he's been nothing short of amazing. Seven seven rebounds a game, five six assists a game. He's filling up the box score. If we did not have Kevin McCullough, this would be a very different season. It was always... You know, he had it. He had the rebounding. He had the defense. But he was never really a killer on offense. Now he's a killer. I was terrified of him coming in and shooting the ball 20 times a game because I did not think it was going to be highly efficient. I thought it would be worse than Jalen. He's been awesome. He's been awesome. A-plus for me. Let's go on to the next one. All right, so I'm going to do one for you. Dwan Harris. Mm. What grade does – now, Dwan Harris is an A-plus player for his career at KU. He will go down as – one of the best point guards of the Bill Self era of, of, of Kansas basketball. He has his national championship. He has his statistics. He has his accolades. That being said, we are focusing on this half of this particular season versus expectations versus what we need and want out of that position. What is Dwan Harris's grade? Yeah, uh, I'm going to give him a C minus. C minus. Yeah, I have not seen the vintage Dewan that we have seen throughout his career. Uh, he has done a couple things well. Uh, he's got a highest his highest assist mark he's ever had at 6.8 assists a game. It's leading the Big Twelve, but last year was 6.2. So like not crazy. He's down in steals, up in turnovers. Down in points, down in efficiency across the board. Uh, and it's just not quite there. It's not quite what it was. He still brings you some good defensive uh, plays, 
But even that, it feels like he's getting beat a little bit more than, than he has in the past. He's our least efficient player around the rim, Andrew. His two-point percentage defense, or his two, I'm sorry, his two-point percentage uh, uh, close to the rim is around 40%, which is by far the worst on the team. And that's called close twos for Torvik. Bad. We saw a couple of that last night. Bad. He he launches the ball off the backboard every time. I've got this theorem, the the Juan backboard theorem. Again, I'm a big math guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it goes like this. If he uses the backboard, he misses the shot. It always goes too hard. If he does a finger roll, uh, a little fadeaway thing on the baseline, or three, it goes in. That's the theorem. The only time, and I said that last, yesterday, and everyone gave me oh, total crap on Twitter when he made one off the backboard, but I co- immediately corrected them and said he got fouled on that play. <laughs> and had he not gotten fouled, he'd have still launched it off too far. It's like hitting a tree in golf and it like lands on the green. Yeah, the tree helped you. The foul helped you. So, yeah, I, I give him a C-. minus. Now, can he improve? God, I hope so. We've seen him be awesome. And he's never going to be a 20-point scorer. He's never going to do that. He's never going to be the guy who was in that Kentucky game where he just goes freaking crazy. But I just need him to be a little better. Offensively, you're right. As a true point guard, pure point guard, distributor, I, I'm not too worried about the turnovers. I think that'll get cleared up. The assists are I – mean, he passes the ball so much, there's some, going to be some turnovers. But you're right, close to the basket – and, you know, last night against Cincinnati, he passed up a couple of those threes. Shoot Everybody him. in the building shoot. was like, just shoot. Just shoot. Just shoot. And, and when he did shoot, went in. He Guess what he's shooting this year in three-point percentage? It's probably around 40. 42. Last year was 41. He can shoot, and he can make them. Remember what his freshman year was? 64%. <laughs> so, like, his career is like a 48% three-point shooter. Just shoot him, bro. And it's I, I think that he don't needs drive. To, he needs to have some permission. Like if that number goes down to thirty five because you're taking a higher volume, that's okay. That's okay. They need him to be that Shoot threat him. to open some things up because they do sag off of him. I mean, we've seen that. We've, how many times have we seen that? I mean, Missouri is one of the the bigger ones, and he took advantage of that. Let's keep taking advantage of that. He is a good shooter. Okay, this will be a quick one. Okay, the bench. Oh gosh, quick. I. I my wife is an elementary school teacher, and they don't do they A, don't B, give, C, D. Oh. So can I do a a two? Like <laughs> out of what? Do, like it's and they just call it like well, out of three. Uh, what? It's like does not meet the standard. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so they don't want to like hurt feelings. Yeah, so, sure. No F is F, the answer. It does not meet the standard. It does not meet the does standard. not meet the standard. F. Uh, not, so that's not on, on track. Not and. And it was such a weird offseason. It was a weird offseason. Where the com- the team completely turned over. We had an Arterial the- Morris situation. Had a couple other guys leave who weren't necessarily expected this is to the leave. the portal world, though, man. Portal world. Ended up with a great team, a great roster they put together. However, the bench has not delivered. El Marco was supposed to come off the bench. He had to start. Uh, ideally, we would have one of Zuby and Uday on the team and not... Parker Brown being the the only other big, ideally. I mean, there's some things that could have happened that would make it better, but it didn't happen. That's on Bill a little bit. It's on Arterio a little bit. Maybe a little Bill there, too. And that is it is what it is. It's an F. It's an F for me. And, and Timberlake's got some, some work to do. Timberlake's been bad. On Hawk Talk tonight, Bill Self said that Nick Timberlake will win this team some games down the stretch. I 
and and he's got the Look talent to do to that. It. We haven't seen it yet. We were stoked when we got Timberlake. Yeah. Remember we, that? We were in this studio. We were standing right and there. And we were, we were looking at the portal list, and we're like, there's we this guy, guy. Nick Timberlake just entered his name into the portal we for Towson. Ooh, we this guy. guy. We got to replace Grady Dick. We need Dick. three points here. How are we going to replace Grady Dick? Ooh, I know how. Yeah. Nick Timberlake. And he's athletic? Has, and he's like 25? He did have an awesome dunk the other night. Though. Yeah. It was, okay. It was a great dunk. Maybe okay. Nick Timberlake is going to improve on his... Hey, bring the bring the bench up from an F. All right. We're going to close this out here, but I want to know your thoughts on Hunter. Hunter is obviously the biggest name in the portal, biggest name on this team uh, nationally as we're, as we're having this discussion. Uh, Hunter puts up his numbers, but what is his grade for this season? Yeah, I I got to give him an A. Uh, it, it's hard to knock a guy who's, I mean, just come in from a different program, averaged a double-double, 11, what is that now, 19 and 11 or something like that. Uh, and he's been, what did he average in Indiana last year? 19. What did he Michigan. average? Oh, I'm sorry, Michigan, sorry. Michigan, I just literally saw an Indiana thing. If, what did he average his, his sophomore year? 18. It's like, he's just a consistent dude who's just going to get you a double-double every night. Super, super high efficient. The only knock I have on Hunter is that he doesn't get more looks. Like I, he should shoot the ball twenty five times a game, as far as I'm concerned. They he is the in. most polished offensive big I've ever seen in college. Like I was saying this yesterday, he when he shoots the ball in close range, it always swishes. It hits the backboard and it still looks like a swish because it like hits it so soft and like comes in straight. Like it just he is so so good polished on offense. I I give him an A. Last bonus one, Bill Self. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go B minus. B minus. Yeah, the bench not great. Uh, Johnny Furphy stepping in. Maybe that's the winner, but did take too long. Room for improvement. Room for improvement. I you, you can't get like you're not gonna knock Bill Self terribly. They're they're sitting in pretty good position. They're a top ten team, but they were also preseason number one. Now preseason numbers don't matter, but you were preseason number one. You're not anymore. You've had two really bad losses. Those are things that, you know, and he even said, I didn't have him ready. His quote, get him ready. Well, we got a lot to get ready for uh, coming up here on Jayhawk Talk Radio. We're going to talk about, you know, what the areas that this team needs to focus on to be able to cut down the nets, to have this special season. We're going to talk about the Big 12, do a Big 12 whip around. There are teams all over the place. You got got ranked teams losing. You got ranked teams losing at home. And then we're going to close out. We're going to talk about a, the big game up in the Hilton Coliseum with Iowa State this Saturday. And that is all coming up here on eight to Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back in to Jayhawk Talk Radio on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Kevin Meckley here. We got Kyle behind the glass. Andrew. Rapping with me about the Jayhawk basketball program and how, Andrew, we are going to win the national championship this year. Right? That's what this segment is all about. We are going to get back to the promised land, and here's how it's going to happen. Okay, how is it going to happen? We're going to get rid of math, and we're going to get rid of backboards. Okay. If you've learned anything in the first hour, is that we got to get rid of backboards, and we just don't pay attention to the math. Don't pay attention to the math. I... I kind of come back to this. You, you look down. We we did a whole segment on Ken Palm's a fraud, and we add, added in several teams that were up there, several of whom we've beat that are ahead of us in Ken Palm. Correct? 
And you look down and you wonder, we haven't played a lot of great teams uh, that we haven't beat so far this season. Correct? Marquette played out of their mind. Are they a great team? I don't know. They're good. They've had some losses, but they're good. All the teams that are kind of Kentucky, UConn. Tennessee. Tennessee. Oklahoma. They're great. Those are great teams. If they're not, if they're, and, and by great, I'm really talking about compared to the field, right? At the end of the day, sure. we're talking about upside compared to the field. It's the old Joe Biden thing he says, where he says, uh, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to my uh, competition or to, to the alternative. We're not trying to, to be the 96 uh, uh, KU basketball program. We're not trying to be the you know undefeated program of of the uh, of certain teams that have made it this far we're trying to beat who we got in front of us and i think we have a pretty good track record so far of getting up for big games and and that's could be compared to the chiefs here uh, you know sure. in town we're familiar with how the chiefs season went if we're going to kind of go along that route they they were accused of and i don't know if there's much truth to it, but it was definitely a worthy accusation that they didn't care about the little games. Mm. They only got up for the big games, and they lost some of the big games, but they didn't have, their their, their mental power wasn't into it. Play down to your competition. They, they were, they were kind of just waiting for the postseason, and now they're in the postseason and, you know, in the conference championship. And they're winning and, big games. And, and, and is that true for the Jayhawks? I mean, obviously going on the road is a big part of the two losses, and we're not having this conversation in this more concerned tone if we don't lose those games to West Virginia and UCF. Those are close games. Like if we win those games by one, we're having a, a party in here. That this is the season's over. Give us the trophy now. Ken Palm would still have us at Ken, twenty. Yeah. <laughs> for the record. But having said all that, is that this team does have the roster to do it. There's not like a, a glaring weakness that, oh, that weakness is going to come back to you in March. This team's pretty well-rounded with Furphy in there. Uh, there's There are weaknesses, but nothing that is going to disqualify you from being one of those elite contenders. And I would put our roster up against anybody. We've put our roster up against UConn, and we've come out with a win. We put our roster up against Tennessee, come out with a win. And Kentucky came out with a win. That's that's the test. Those yep. are the tests. Those are the tests. And so when we go to UCF and lose on the road, that's what is a UCF the, again? I'm not sure who they are. What is their deal? Are, are we being catfished by UCF? <laughs> I think we are. are. They a real school. I'm not sure that's a real school. It's uh, certainly yeah. not a Big Twelve school. Uh, Andrew, I think what we're going to learn a lot in the next here. <gasps> what is this? About week and a half. We have three of our four toughest or maybe most fun. Games coming up on the on a calendar, and three of the next four, we have at Iowa State, and then we Oklahoma State at home, whatever, Houston at home, and at K State, and our next four games. So that's again at Hilton, Houston at home, who Ken Palm has been in love with for a long time, and away at K State, who again is leading the Big Twelve right now in standings. So you got. Three of the four toughest games, but also three of the more marquee games left on our... I mean, if you look all the way down, like those three, if you're ranking like the most interesting games, three of our top probably five remaining games are in the next week and a half. 
So we're going to learn a lot about this team, I think, in the next couple weeks. Uh, if we come out of there, what's what's a success story coming out of, and we'll just take Oklahoma State off of there, of those three games, at Iowa State, Houston at home, at K-State. And then we got Baylor and Tech and Oklahoma. It doesn't get easier, but I'm just talking about like more interesting games that, that kind of jump out. What's a success out of those three? Of those, of those three, so we're just taking Oklahoma State out of it. I, mean, I, I think you got to win them. All three? Yeah, I think you do. If they win all three, I'm all the way back. If they go two and one, I still think I'm pretty happy. I mean, we're not going to be favored in at least the Iowa State game. We're definitely not favored in the Iowa State game. And we're I, not going to be Ken Palm favored we're against We're not going to be favored against maybe, Houston. Maybe Ken Vegas uh, will have us favored. I, I can't imagine Vegas having us as an underdog at home with this roster. I mean, the numbers may say so. I doubt that. And I, and I think if you look at Ken Palm, and this, which is maybe what you're doing right here. I am. We, we may be like a five-point underdog uh, at home to that Houston team. That's crazy. Let me look. Here we go. Houston, again, is Ken Palm number one. Like, just let's make sure everybody understands. Ken Palm, Not leading one. the Big 12 standings, <laughs> yeah. but they're Ken Palm number one. Right now, the KU game, you are right that if we were playing at oh, five-point dog at home, 69-64. Do you think that Vegas will put us as a home dog? Depends what happens this against Iowa State. But uh, I think they might put it out there, and it won't be that for long. No, it won't. <laughs> it might might not be that for long. You don't see Allen Fieldhouse dogs very often, at least in the Bill Self era. Can you remember the last time? Um, Maybe Baylor a couple years ago? There was, there's been a couple in the past few years. I, I can't recall off the top of my head. But I remember, I'm pretty sure we won them. Next week, we will have a statistic for you. Because <laughs> we're going to go back to the map. What is the record of Bill Self as a home dog in Elf? That'd be a great, that's a great. It's got to be somebody, like, somebody has that out there. I don't want to It's got to be like three and one or something. But, but let I mean, me tell you. It can't be a ton of times. The odds of us winning at Iowa State, he has at 35%. This is, again, Ken Palm, he's a fraud for the record. Just he's a fraud. 35% chance to win. Thirty-two percent chance to win against Houston, and you want him to go three and zero. I do. Well, I'd take two and one. I think I would. And then we got to go to Bramlage. Uh, the they do. Ken Palm does get this right that the, we should be favored there uh, against the Big Twelve leading uh, Wildcats. All right, Andrew. I'm just saying. Like you, you look at this, and you're looking around. You're you're going. Who scares you? And we're going to find out a lot. I think about Houston. We're going to find out, uh, you know, a lot about ourselves too. I think this Iowa State team actually is really interesting. Uh, we're gonna we'll talk about them here in the in the next segment or down the way here. But I am uh, I'm very intrigued to see where where we where we stack up. But when you look at the teams that are supposedly the 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 lead dogs: Houston, Purdue, Arizona, Tennessee, Auburn, North Carolina, Connecticut. Uh, we've beat a bunch of those teams already, uh, and that's uh, and we'll have opportunities to be more. I think we're going to learn a lot. I am not terribly worried. I guess at the, as we sit today, uh, I think this has been somewhat therapeutic for me as we've talked this through, because there's been times over the past week where I did not feel good about our team here. Yeah, and I've certainly cycled between this team is incredible and worthy of their number one preseason ranking to. This is exactly like the uh, 
Diedrich Lawson team. <laughs> yeah. Like this is this is just the Diedrich Lawson team all over again. Like, Except I, we got two scores, maybe three. Yeah, I just in in my head, I, I cycle I between it. those, and I so I, I, I've got a two of Diedrich Lawsons in on this team. You'd be all right. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's right. And it's we we are in as good a situation as anybody. Right. Because we already have a really good resume. And it can only, I mean, obviously, we have opportunities to make it even better. And and I will take my chances with Alan Fieldhouse and Bill Self to build on that resume, get us worthy back into a one or two seed conversation I think it's still possible for this team. And you get to a one or two seed, and anything is possible. What is a glaring weakness that this team has to fix if they're going to go deep in March? I think three-point shooting is probably it. I mean, we have to have a reliable reliable scoring on the outside. And it can't just be volume shots from a Kohler. I think you have to have a threat that allows spacing to allow Hunter to go to work. Because if they're able to just crash down, and KJ is not going to add a lot on the perimeter, I mean, so you're already allowed, you know, pretty busy intersection there and down the paint. You got to have a threat, which will give McCullers. I'm sorry, give give Hunter more room to operate, and give us a, a little bit more spacing threat to drive. Right now, we don't have that. We just don't. Like no one's afraid of that. You know, I was looking at it too, and I think that. Certainly three-point shooting, but this team can win games, you know, with this 1979 style of basketball. It does kind of feel True. like that they can win games like that. I, and I think that if they kind of if they're going to win games like that, they've got to really eliminate the turnovers and they've got to rebound. And you want to muck it up? You want to play in the mud? You you play to your roster, and <laughs> these guys these guys want to get dirty. You want to play in the mud? We could play in the mud. You're actually not wrong on that. Like we got we got dudes to play in the mud. I'll I'll just say this: we we have, I think, the ability. Do we have the Do we have the horses to do it? I don't know, but you, you look on paper and it sure feels like you should have the horses to do it, and and they haven't put it together yet. Like unquestionably, they have not put it together yet. They played well in spurts. They've had some good wins, but I don't think they put it all together yet. I think some other teams have. I think we've seen some ceiling basketball from some teams. Purdue. I don't think we've seen ceiling basketball from KU yet. No, definitely not. Especially with Furphy coming on. Furf. You know, they've got this whole week to play, a whole whole week to figure out, you know, going up into Ames, how to really use Johnny Furphy. You know, he's he's been put into the lineup. Now he's going to play 30, 35 minutes a game. How does he really integrate into this offense? It hasn't been fully integrated, but we've seen these spurts of greatness this is what they're going to build around, and that's the way they're going to win win the tournament coming up here, Kevin. Is they're going to, they're going to figure out Johnny Furphy's going to be your super Johnny Furphy's Johnny a superhero. Furphy. We, we we haven't mentioned Johnny Furphy enough in this second hour. <laughs> we need to remedy that situation. Just more Johnny. That's all. You know, look, I'm sitting here watching the Australian Open on tennis. It's just like, I can't get enough Johnny Furphy. It's just like the everybody's putting Australian footage on TV. Good day. All right, it's a good day for this segment. We're gonna uh, go to commercial, and we're going to come back and talk about this brutal Big 12 and do a little Big 12 whip around. I don't know who's good. I don't know who's bad. No one's bad. Everybody seems to be good. Everybody seems to be ranked. It's going to be impossible to win on the road. Let's give a a, a deeper look into that. 
Uh, and that's after the break here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hey, Big 12, PM. We don't take a night off. Let's go. Look, welcome to the Big 12, where every night's a battle till the end. The energy in T-Mobile Center on average is a 10. They attack and we defend. The only path is to the rim. No other conference in this country's got this passion for a win. Yes. We are back at Jayhawk Talk Radio. You're listening to PL. Right? Is that his name? PL. Rapper and composer. He created a song about the Big 12 for the Big 12 tournament last year. We thought this would be a good good song to come into. The Big 12 Conference uh, announced the creation of its first ever basketball anthem, an original song written and composed by musician P.L. Of course, P.L. You know P.L., right? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Oh, P.L. Yeah. yeah. The anthem will be heard throughout the arena on the broadcast, blah, blah, blah. No nights off. Love that. This is what uh, this is what Brent Yormark brings to the Big Twelve. I like that about Brent Yormark. You know, I I wonder if Brent said, "All right, uh, Mr. PL, I need you to <laughs> reference Philip sixty six, the sponsor, <laughs> in your lyrics. Is there a way that in your composition, in your lyric design, that you could incorporate Philip sixty six? They would really appreciate it. He's a Detroit based musician. Ooh, it's Big Ten guy. Yeah, I don't know if I like that. Uh, he does have an Instagram page, if you're curious. Anyway, uh, that's a PL, and that was No Nights Off, and this is the Big 12 Whip Around from the Jayhawk Talk Radio. Welcome back in. Uh, we just, I can't get enough of that song. You remember when that came out, we were like, what is this? And so people know Brent Yormark, before he was uh, commissioner of the Big 12, he had a bunch of interesting roles, but one of which was representing... The Jay-Z something, what was it? Rock, uh, Nation. Rock, Rock Nation. Right, yeah, yeah. And so he has got a, like a tight relationship with, with Jay-Z. And last year during the Big 12 tournament, I was actually representing the good radio station here, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and I was uh, you know getting some sound, going and checking on the players. Right in the elevator down to the, uh, the, the locker room, jumped on with Brent Yormark, who was there on the elevator. Very little guy. He's a little guy. And I uh, look at Brent. Uh, I was like, hey, Brent, how you doing? Yeah, good to see you. I'm Kevin, whatever. And then I said, hey, I saw you had Fat Joe playing uh, and you know, this at the, at the Big 12. That's super cool. Hey, when's Jay-Z going to play? And he looked at me <laughs> kind of like he wasn't sure if I was serious or not, but I gave him this look like I'm actually really serious. I want to know. And he just didn't know what to do with me. We got off the elevator. But that's so why I don't have a, a, a solid answer for you when Jay-Z is going to play the Big 12 tournament. But maybe we can get Jay-Z instead of P.L. You know, I, I have one Brett Yormark story, too. I sat very, very close to Brett Yormark at the Mizzou game. Because mm. he, he was in town for the Mizzou game. Like he was sat at, he's sitting uh, courtside uh, with his brother, who is his twi- identical twin. How about that? They look like I couldn't tell which one was which. Uh, Brent's the one who's real short with the ties. They both do that. <laughs> okay. and they both wear incredible shoes. Oh, and they were they were they were dressed immaculately. The I could tell that it was Brent because he had a Big Twelve uh, folder. Okay, that, there you go. And he was taking notes. There you go. He was taking notes. He was on taking the, game notes. Taking game notes. I don't know about what. Oh, and he was yeah, with well. her with a Dallas Cowboy executive. You know, as you do. Sure. As you do. Uh, but yeah, I, I, he, we're in good hands <laughs> with uh, Commissioner Yormark. Uh, no taking off. over for the Big 12 because this league that he has constructed with 14 teams. Pretty good ball season. Pretty good ball teams. Pretty good. Pretty good ball it's teams. It's difficult to tell, I mean, 
who's going to win. If you had to handicap this thing, and let's say you had to exclude the Jayhawks, who would you handicap had would have the best chance to come out ahead of this conference? Well, I'd say Texas Tech and K-State as they are leading the Big 12. I will bet you. I will take that. <laughs> take I will the field. take that bet. I will we'll take, take that the field, bet. yeah. Uh, I don't know, Andrew. Actually, you know, uh, dark horse, I would take uh, Iowa State. Interesting. Let me give a complete dark horse. Houston's the obvious choice. You want to say Houston. Ken Palm wants Houston. He's a fraud. Uh, but I would say I'd say Iowa State. Number one, defense. Uh, that's repeatable. They can. I think they'll get better offensively. I will give the. Uh, I'll give the nod to Iowa State as a complete dark horse. No one else had Iowa State up that high. I, I think it's difficult. I mean, I obviously would pick Houston, but you could see Several it teams. going a bunch of different ways. And you could it's see gonna this be a five way tie. Yeah, it's going to be like a bunch <laughs> of teams at eleven and seven, or a bunch yeah. of teams at twelve and six. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a five way tie. Uh, so yeah, let's take a look at this. So we are uh, coming to you on a Tuesday here. Uh, Houston is currently playing BYU at BYU. They are currently in the lead. If Houston does come out ahead, they will tie the Kansas Jayhawks at four and two, with Texas Tech and K State still above them at four and one. Uh, but like, who? What are your big storylines here? I mean, in terms of big competitors, the big competitors we are traditionally used to seeing year in year out competing with the Jayhawks four Big 12 championships, are Texas and Baylor. Yep. Baylor, I think, is still there. Yeah. But they're not being talked about. Maybe it's because this new Houston stuff. Maybe it's because things haven't really shaken out. Baylor's still good. Baylor could still win this this conference. Uh, but they're not be- being talked about. And, you know, LJ Cryer transferring to Houston maybe gives Houston some of that juice. Uh, but they've got some good wins. They've got a, a, a win against Auburn uh, on, the, on the resume. Ken Palm, number five. How about that? Does that mean anything to you, Kevin? No, it's a fraud. But I I do take your point. I think Texas has shown some signs lately uh, winning two good games in a row. I mean, they went to OU and blasted them. They just won by 15 points. Uh, I think they're back in the conversation as a, not contender, but high, high part of the Big 12. I think they'll be a tough out. Baylor will be a tough out. They're always, I mean, they're, I think they probably, as as rosters are constructed, I would take theirs up in the top two or three. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, you just go down the list. BYU's got a great offense. Houston, obviously the numbers love them. Uh, I mean, even even the teams that we thought were going to be bad, Central Florida is still 3-3 three and three in the league. Uh, and that's, you know, it's it, it just goes to show that no matter what, you expect to happen in the Big 12 every night. There's going to be a show. There's going to be a show every night. And that's that's kind of fun. It's also terrifying, but kind of fun. You know, you can look at a team like TCU, who gives KU good. a thrill, right? Get, I mean, it comes down to the wire, and it really may be an Ernest Uday elbow to the face of, of or elbow to the neck of Hunter Dickinson that, that really gets the win for the Jayhawks there. And they're, you know... Uh, let me look at this. They're 11th in this conference right now. That's but that's a good team. And that team was ranked last week. That team was ranked 19th last week. Yeah. I mean, they, they lost to T, to Iowa State, the aforementioned Iowa State, by one point. So, And they lost at Cincinnati by four points. 
they beat Houston by one point. I mean, like every game is just going to be like that. It's going to be a coin flip at the end. This is why I kind of like the Jayhawks. Like you give me a coin flip at the end, I'm going to take KU most of the time. That's right. The last four minutes. So you put us in it. We're going to win. Even tonight, TCU's playing at Oklahoma State, and it's a two point game. <laughs> it's just like every night. That's just going to be what it is. You know, that being said, Oklahoma State may be the the only bad team. They're here. bad. I'm not sure if they don't get this win tonight. I'm not sure where those wins are going to come from for them. Um, but otherwise, you're not going to see a 15 and three. You're not going to see a 14 and four. More than likely, it's not happening. You probably aren't going to see, uh, you know, thirteen and five. It's it's going to be twelve and six or worse. That's going to win this conference. Everybody's going to be bunched up. Everybody has been ranked. It seems like this whole season. Um, but you know, any other teams that have have stuck out to you, or any other players in this conference that are, are striking your eye as, ooh, this is a guy to look out for. This is a team to look out for. Yeah, I mean, I when I said Iowa State, I think that is uh, one that you're not hearing a lot about uh that would be the case i think that byu is one of those that you just uh it's sort of new to the new kid on the block not sure what they are i think their offense is fun to watch and then i can't help but kind of like cincinnati i like their coach they they seem like i mean they go what nine deep kind of a fun team to watch i actually kind of really enjoyed watching them play. I would look forward to kind of watching them some more in the Big 12 season. I think that, I don't know that they're a tournament team. They might be. Uh, but they're kind of running that line. I think that, that we could, you could argue uh, things shake out the right way. Uh, Cincinnati could be that that kind of you know 11 seed type that sneaks in. Bill Self on Hawk Talk, Hawk Talk tonight described them as a Big 12, or a NCAA caliber type. Well, there you go. Ca- like maybe not going to get there, but they are are the caliber. If they're in any other conference, if they're still in the American, they'd be it. They'd be it. Yeah, they'd I be. trust Bill Self over Ken Palm. There you go. So, there I you test go. big. I, I test big. Guy. I test guy for big, sure. Big. I test guy. Yeah, you know, you talk about a team like BYU. It's a it's a easy uh, to to just kind of dismiss a team like that. But this team <laughs> that team's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, it's it's these new rhythms. great home court, great home court too. Yeah. You want to go to Provo? I do actually. You go check out Provo. I do. They're going to give you ice cream. That's what I've heard. Oh, if they see that you're wearing another team's uh, jersey, they give you ice cream. That's isn't that very, nice? Very kind of. Them. They call you names. They're nice names. Like, they're not going to be mean. Like, but they 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 yell at you, but they also give you ice cream. Uh, they're very nice. It seemed pretty intense. I was watching a couple yeah. of those. Yeah, they, they get it real intense. They get into I want to go. All right, let's go. Let's make a little little trip to Provo. We'll figure it's that easy out. to get to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, these are the new rhythms we're going to have to learn. These new coaches, these new styles. I mean, we're used to this. Okay, we know what Scott Drew has. We know what Scott Drew wants to do. We know the players that he likes to play. We know what you know. Even the past couple of years, this is how T.J. Altsberger likes to play. <laughs> this is we're going to see the exact same team, just a couple new faces. This like Cincinnati last night completely blew my mind. Yeah. Like I, I got to figure out. Wes Miller, I got to figure out how he likes to play. He's played. Are you you're telling me this this Cincinnati team plays with two big guys? Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? Who does that? He, I, I kind of like those guys. I liked him too. I mean, I don't know if you watched his post game or anything, but he, he, he did the right level of like deferential to KU, but also like we're not gonna be afraid of anybody kind of yeah, thing. You got to be careful about that. Yeah, I liked. It. He did. He did it. He did it right. Uh, and and he was he was sharp. I I think it seemed like he has a good head on his shoulders. Like that team obviously plays freaking hard. So uh, fun to watch. All right, Kevin. Well, there is one team that I have my eye on hmm. in particular 
that we're going to talk about. That's the Iowa State Cyclones. Hilton Magic. Hilton Magic. Going down. Juicy Wiggle. Oh, boy. Coming out. Don't. Oh, man. It's it's intimidating. I don't want to know any more about that. The Juicy Wiggle. The Hilton Coliseum is intimidating, but I think the most intimidating part is the Juicy Wiggle. We don't need to talk about that, but it is uh, a very unique tradition uh, at, at Hilton Coliseum up there in Ames, Iowa. We're going to be talking about that more coming up after the break. This is what I'm calling... All sins are forgiven if you win at Hilton Coliseum. Like it. You can forgive West Virginia. You can forgive UCF if you get the win at Hilton Coliseum this Saturday. Let's go. So let's talk about that after the break here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back in. This is Jayhawk Talk Radio, final segment. I do not know what I'm listening to right now. Is this called? This is the Juicy Wiggle. Yeah, it's an Iowa State thing. It's an Iowa State thing. So, I had the privilege of seeing this this last year at Hilton Coliseum. It, 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 it's like... This is a know, new tradition, by the way. This new, wasn't new. They used to do this. This no, is not like the Rock Chalk chant. Probably last five years or okay. so. This is like their hum... You know, yeah. the last four minutes. It's like Sandstorm at K State. Sand, this is this hum is, at KU. Juicy wiggle at, at Hilton Coliseum. Yes. Got it. Okay. And so they and there's there's a I guess an app for it. Oh, because it does like weird uh, lights on your phone as as the song plays. Okay. And there's a dance to it. And I gotta tell you, Kevin, if you don't know what's happening. And you have a bunch of dudes in Carhartt doing this like Macarena style <laughs> dance around you, uh, all at the same time choreographed. It is very jarring. Oh, no. It is, and I, I and I, honestly, we lost that game last year by a lot. Yeah, and maybe. that's that's what happened. It was uh, it was the juicy wiggle. It was the juicy it's wiggle. no longer Hilton Magic. It's no, it's it's the it, the surprise is gone. Phil South magic. right now is getting his guys ready for the for the to, juicy uh, when, when the juicy wiggle comes out. They know how to adjust. Got it. That's what's happening right now. And Got so it. we. That's good coaching. That's right. That's, that's why he's the best. <laughs> that's good coach. The best in the business. Yeah. Uh, we had to overcome it last. Get ready year. for the juicy this wiggle. Is a learning experience. Johnny Furphy's like the what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So look, uh, Iowa State is is our next up. You called this the all sins are forgotten if you win this game yes. game. Yes. You can lose at UCF. You can lose at West Virginia if you win at Iowa State. And K-State. Like, if and you're K-State. just... Yeah, you're yeah, gonna, yeah. I feel like those... Yeah. I need two I need yeah. two wins to offset the but two bad But all sins lines. will be forgiven if you win this game. This is one... It's not a must win, Kevin. It's not a must win. No, of course not. But it is a big game. January. It's a big game. It's a big game Let's, for sure. It's a it's a test a, a, a test against a great team uh, who plays great at home and they play great on the road too. But this is this is your first test. This is your real test. This is a this is a real team. This team probably rightly or wrongly, probably more wrongly, was not considered much in the preseason. They weren't like ranked highly in the polls. They weren't really picked all too high, uh, you know, by, by the coaches or by, by the AP in terms of how this Big 12 is going to shake out. But this team could win the Big 12. This team is good enough to win all their games at home and maybe pick a couple games off on the road. That's enough to win this league. Yes, it is. Uh, if you trust Ken Palm, which I think we've 
established. He's kind of a fraud. But if you do trust him, and and you are a numbers nerd, uh, he does. They do have some pretty good analytics. Again, if you're into that, uh, I think they're what third in the uh, in defensive efficiency, which is very very good, best in the Big Twelve. You know, Tej always has his guys ready. TJ Otzelberg, that's that's his calling card. These guys, uh, you're never going to have a smooth offensive game against any TJ Otzelberg. Number one team. in turnover percentage. Wow. Number three in, or number two in steal percentage, which makes sense. Twelfth uh, in Ken Palm overall. So yeah, they're a, they are a scary team. They do not shoot or make a lot of threes. So that's something, which means they'll probably make about fifteen against us. Uh, they uh, they got wins against Houston, very good win. Uh, they beat TCU on the road. They beat Iowa. They've lost a few games as well. They lost to uh, BYU. They lost to OU, and then Virginia Tech and Texas A and M. They don't have a, a bad loss on the resume. They got a few decent wins. The Houston win obviously looks really good. TCU on the road is certainly quad one. So they have a, a pretty good resume, uh, but seem to be playing their best basketball. And that uh, it's going to be a test. You know, Tame and Lipsy's their, their point guard really is is coming on strong for them. You know, back a couple of years ago when they lost, uh, you know, the guy to Texas, there was uh, some, some maybe some panic in the air of oh, this was our Ty- Tyrese Hunter, this was our our yeah. future, this was our guy who's supposed to you know take us into the the the, the next couple of years. Uh, and so there there could have been a moment of panic there. The Tame and Lipsy, a, a guy from from Ames has stepped in and, and really is the leader of that team. And if I was picking players now, I would pick over Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter is good for Texas. I would pick Taman Lipsy over him. Yeah, I think I would too. Sean Gilbert's been good. Another transfer in from uh, UNLV. I think he's leading the team in scoring. I might have that wrong. He's up there. Uh, and uh, it's a good guard, good guards, uh, obviously active guards. It's going to be a, uh, a a good test, I think, it will come down to, I think, turnovers. Is this going to be one of the games? We've actually cleaned them up you know, fairly well, broadly, over the last few games after the two 18 turnover games. I think turnovers are obviously going to matter. This is what they do. Uh, can you know, can Juan go from five turnovers to two this game? Can he be the floor general that we need? Uh, you know, can McCuller get back to some efficient numbers because I think we're going to need him to play well. And then it has to be a Hunter game. This has to be Hunter, like, a go-off game. 25. I want to see a big Hunter game. Doesn't have to be Johnny. Johnny can play. is fine. Like, you need 10 points from Johnny. I want Hunter to go off in this game. You know, Hunter has said he loves playing in Allen Fieldhouse, but he also loves playing in front of oh, they're gonna wreck crowds. Him. They're going to wreck He's going to eat this up. There will not be, other than K-State, there will not be a better crowd the rest of the season. He, he knows that. He this, knows it. It's this is his it. time to step up. He's going to feed off that. I think to, for KU to win, we're going to need, you know, obviously to, to my keys to the game or a big game from Hunter and clean up the turnovers. And because we haven't talked about it in enough time, Johnny Furphy, he's got to take the show on the road. He's got to take the take the show up to the people of Iowa. He's got to show them this is this is me. Yeah, this is I'm him. Yeah, this is it. You know, I'm the guy. In another world, Johnny Furphy would be an Iowa State player. True, <laughs> like he probably would. Found, found an obscurity from you yeah. Know. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we got the Johnny Furphy. They can't have him. 
that that's correct. I think it will be a fun game. Obviously, uh, I we're gonna not be favored. You're gonna be able to get KU on a plus money line. I think somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, plus one twenty or something. You think that's about right? That's probably right. That's probably about right. You can get KU as an underdog right now. Well, when the line comes out, right now, you can get KU as an underdog at Hilton Coliseum. I think it's going to be a coin flip game. Who you got? I'm going to go KU in a close one. Okay. Let's say, you know, last four minutes, maybe you're down a couple or it's tied. Johnny it, Furphy drains a three from the corner. Hey, maybe. You know, if it means anything to you, this game's on CBS. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't love CBS games. <laughs> well, it's it's that pit in your stomach. Yeah. That, you hear when the that, song. When the, when the song plays, the pit in your stomach goes. The nerves that are usually associated with those with that song, they all come back. Like, oh. Here we go. This is real. It's a big game here. So it's good. It's going to be big and deserving. These two teams deserve a big spotlight. Yeah, it's good. You know, you got football this weekend, but the real. Sporting event, noon, noon thirty, CBS taking over for the NFL is the Cyclones of the Jail. You can watch the NFL on Sunday. Yeah, we need we need two dubs from our Kansas teams, Kansas and <clears throat> Kansas City teams. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take a K- KU in a close one. What do you have? I like KU in a close one too. I think it's going to be muddy. I want it to. Be, I think it's going to be playing the sixties, but like sixty three fifty nine. KU. I want, it's going to be gross. I was just playing in the mud, just like you said. And because we're in town, let's talk one minute on Chiefs. You have a Chiefs prediction? What is it, three and a half points? Though? Is it three? Did they move to three and a half? I think, I think you got the hook. Three and a half. There wow. it is. Wow. Uh, give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. It's a destiny. Jayhawks, so Chiefs parlay. Jayhawks, Chiefs parlay. Better right now. All right, we'll be back money next line. week. Money line. You're we'll, going to make so much money. Oh, yeah. We'll be back next week. On Wednesday, I think. Wednesday next week. Jayhawks play on on Tuesday. Tuesday, We'll be back. Jayhawks Talk Radio. We're happy to be back. Happy to be back, everybody. Thank you, Kyle, for keeping us in order. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you all listening. Rock Chalk. I tried to tell them every time we on the court. I tried to tell them that we never coming up short. I tried to tell them that we came here to get the win.